0: Hello, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. O Susana Coming up... No one has ever discussed this, what is your strategy to bring out uh,
1: more voters.
0: In Fiji, voter turnout for the election pre-polls is concerningly low. Also...
1: The Marape government encourages dissent within his government.
0: With only nine MPs in opposition, can Papua New Guinea's government be held to account? And later on... Gallic we check out the FIFA World Cup tournament. In Fiji, People's Alliance Party deputy leaders Linda Tamboya and Dan Nobindan have appeared in court after being charged with vote buying. The pair have been released on bail by the anti-corruption court. Its alleged Tamboya and Lombardan tried to influence voters by soliciting $1,000 to the organisers of a local volleyball tournament earlier this year. The matter has been adjourned till February 10th. <music> Meanwhile, concerns of a low voter turnout have been noted this week in Fiji's pre-polls. As of Monday, voter turnout was tracking at just under 65%, which is much lower compared to voter registrations. Supervisor of Elections, Mohamed Sanim says this seems to line up with the concerning possibilities he raised previously. Rachel
2: Nath has more details. Pre-polling turnout has been low, and the Supervisor of Elections, Mohamed Sinim, has labelled this as a worrying trend. But he has also made it clear that the Elections Office has done their part in terms of building awareness across rural and far-flung areas of Fiji. Um, We have done
1: uh, a lot of awareness around this. There are pre-poll road signs in every single polling venue around the country we have directly met with every single person uh, who uh, has come to vote come for voter services we've met with every single turangani koro advisory councillor in this regard so information is
2: not scarce mr sanim adds political parties have a role to play in voter turnout
0: after the last
1: election there was a huge amount of debate around why the turnout was low and there was a lot of discussion around the deficiencies in terms of the operations and, uh, and things. But one of the things that no one has ever discussed is what is your strategy to bring out uh, more voters. And I believe that going into pre poll this is one of the most critical questions that we need to now be asking.
2: We spoke to the Vunisea village headman Manasa Matakimbao, who says voting was an important avenue to ensure people's voices were heard.
1: The voting process was good, I feel confident, and we need to change
3: the government of my people.
2: Another voter, Andi Salai, says she has never missed an opportunity to cast her vote in an election.
0: I think the voting process today was a, a very good one, because uh, I feel confident that I know the vote that I
2: cast will help
0: my generation, and it will give a change to future.
2: So far, as of now, day three of pre-polling has ended, and it looks like it will be a waiting game to see if the numbers improve by Friday. The Governor of
0: Oro Province in Papua New Guinea, Gary Jufa, says Prime Minister James Marape encourages disagreement within his government. The PNG Coalition government is made up of 17 parties in the 118-seat parliament, and there are only nine opposition MPs after recent switches to the government benches. It's raised concerns that with so few opposition MPs, the government will not be held to account. But Governor Jufa disagrees. He told Moira Tule Patela that there is opposition within the government.
1: I think there is opposition within the government always, in instances where there are members of parliament who monitor what is happening within government and do hold the government to account there is a lot of debate and discussion in government caucus there are instances where if you know the government may make a decision that the other members may feel it's not in the best interest of the country uh, or the people, they will voice their concerns. And that is actually a very, in my opinion, a positive about the Marape government. The Marape government encourages dissent within his government. Uh, Our prime minister has uh, allowed people, uh, members of parliament within government to be critical, to voice their concerns. Uh, He has stated that, You know, the past government, the government of O'Neill, was very harsh towards any criticism, whereas uh, the government of Marape allows for criticism uh, and has encouraged free media. You know, uh, he has uh, allowed the media or he has encouraged the media to report. We do want the media to report factually, you know, and if they do report on, you know, critical uh, concerns about the government, then it is based on fact rather than rumor or rhetoric. Uh, But I can say that this government allows for dissent. As for the opposition, well, you know, I was in the opposition for seven years and nothing stopped me from speaking up. There were times when there were only five, four of us. We still spoke up, you know. Uh, I think there's some good opposition members who are very vocal and I don't think it's uh, everyone joining the government type situation. I think they're still, you know, vocal, active members of the the opposition in Papua New Guinea.
0: And um, what sort of action has been taken on the election commission, given the problems in the poll? And-
1: the government has formed a parliamentary committee chaired by Governor Byrd and uh, the, it has reached out to the Institute of National Affairs uh, and other organisations. I believe they will also be working with the Commonwealth Observers and other institutions, organisations that uh, were critical of the elections so there has been immediate steps taken I understand that the committee will be funded it has the support of the executive government and the prime minister and the efforts are well underway to address the uh, or conduct a review of not just these elections but previous elections and look at ensuring that the 2027 elections are a far more transparent, uh, well-run, well-managed election than uh, the ones we have seen in the past.
0: And I guess um, also more violence-free elections.
1: We... We advocate for a a violence-free election. Uh, Unfortunately, the reality is that there's a lot yet to be done in many parts of Papua New Guinea. Violence is uh, very much prevalent. Still, during these type of situations, we want to uh, address them. And I believe the Prime Minister, the Police Minister and other members of Parliament charged with the responsibility are doing the best they can.
0: Gary Jufa said the Governor of East Sepik, Alan Bird, will chair the Parliamentary Committee. Fifteen Pacific countries are lifting the standards of inclusive education through the new Pacific Regional Inclusive Education Review. The review addresses the current challenges and commits to developing and implementing policies that will have more positive outcomes for children living with disabilities. Yan who has the story.
3: The Pacific Regional Inclusive Education Review was launched last week where each country had their own national surveys with the help of community groups, NGOs and stakeholders. Its main objective is to ensure children, particularly those with disability, access quality learning. CEO of the Pacific Disability Forum, Setariki Makanawai, says the review allows for an understanding of the current issues within education across the region.
4: To have a shared understanding, and I think this what, what, what this review has done has uh, provided a, a landscape Um, a a good starting point, foundation for us in the Pacific to then um, develop a a shared understanding of what inclusive education uh, should look like for us in the Pacific.
3: The review is conducted by the UNICEF Pacific and the Pacific Regional Inclusive Education Task Force. UNICEF Pacific's Chief of Education Program, Anna Smitty, says the biggest challenge to inclusive education in the Pacific is limited access or children living in poor housing.
0: We know the challenges can be in physical access, they can be in teaching approaches and availability of extra support, and they can be in the inclusivity of the the environment. And, And that includes the infrastructure, the wash facilities. Um, but also socio-emotionally, whether it's a welcoming and including environment that accommodates.
3: The collaboration between the 15 countries, regional partners and the Pacific Inclusive Education Task Force supports Sustainable Development Goal 4 to achieve quality education for all and to build a pathway for all children to a productive and healthy adulthood. UNICEF Pacific's Deputy Representative Roshni Basnul says the countries need to include the review's recommendation into its policies urgently.
4: UNICEF is committed to ensuring that all children of our Pacific shores are able to enjoy their right to inclusive and, of course, quality education. I urge all countries to maximise effort and commitment to translate the review findings into concrete investments for inclusive education.
0: The quarterfinals have been set at the FIFA World Cup. Despite no Pacific teams, the World Cup is still a hit, with football-mad fans in the region. This year's tournament has seen its share of upsets, with usual high flyers Spain and Germany already out.
4: Christina Prisico has more. And then there were eight. Croatia, Brazil, the Netherlands, Argentina, Morocco, Portugal, England and France are the countries still in the FIFA World Cup. The round of 16 saw plenty of drama, including two penalty shootouts and Australia coming mighty close to taking heavyweights Argentina to extra time. With Argentina leading 2-1 late in that match, which was also Lionel Messi's 1,000th game for Argentina, Australia were painfully close to an equaliser when Call missed in front of goal with seconds left in stoppage time. Despite the loss, Socceroos coach Graham Arnold told Sky Sport he was very proud of his team.
3: We played against the number three
1: in the world and, you know, the first goal was just uh, from Messi, was a quality goal. Yeah, look, I just hope that everyone back in Australia really respects what we've done and uh, are very proud of us as well. We took it to them, Uh, felt that we finished off well and we had a a great chance at the end there to equalise.
4: For Croatia and Japan and Morocco and Spain, it took penalty shootouts to find winners in their round of 16 games. Croatia, who were runners-up at the 2018 World Cup, defeated Japan 3-1 on penalties after extra time ended at 1-all. Spain were the favourites to beat Morocco, but regulation time and extra time ended in nil-all. The Spaniards could not find the back of the net even in the shootout, and Morocco won 3-0 on penalties on Sky Sport. The first quarterfinal will be between Croatia and favourites Brazil, to be played in the early hours of Saturday for most of the Pacific. In the other quarterfinals, the Netherlands will play Argentina, Morocco will face Portugal, and England is up against defending champions France. That's Pacific Ways for today. Remember you can download us for free
0: to your device from Spotify, iHeart, or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us.